Do I sound all sultry and sexy? No, that's um, Ward's job. <laughs> I could say that. This episode is sponsored by Hired.com. Every week on Hired, they run an auction where over a thousand tech companies in San Francisco, New York, and LA bid on JavaScript developers, providing them with the salary and equity up front. The average JavaScript developer gets an average of 5 to 15 introductory offers and an average salary of over $130,000 a year. Users can either accept an offer and go right into interviewing with the company or deny them without any continuing obligations. It's totally free for users, and when you're hired, they also give you a $2,000 signing bonus as a thank you for using them. But if you use the Adventures in Angular link, you'll get a $4,000 bonus instead. Finally, if you're not looking for a job but know someone who is, you can refer them to Hire to get a $1,337 bonus if they accept a job. Go sign up at Hire.com slash Adventures in Angular. Ready to master Angular? Oasis Digital offers Angular Bootcamp, a three-day in-person workshop class for individuals or teams. Bring us to your site or send developers to our classes in St. Louis or San Francisco, angularbootcamp.com. This episode is sponsored by Widgmo 5, a brand new generation of JavaScript controls. A pretty amazing line of HTML5 and JavaScript products for enterprise application development in that Widgmo 5 leverages ECMAScript 5 and each control ships with AngularJS directly. Check out the faster, lighter, and more mobile Widgmo 5. This episode is sponsored by DigitalOcean. DigitalOcean is the provider I use to host all of my creations. All the shows are hosted there, along with any other projects I come up with. Their user interface is simple and easy to use, their support is excellent, and their VPSs are backed on solid-state drives and are fast and responsive. Check them out at DigitalOcean.com. If you use the code AngularAdventures, you'll get a $10 credit. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 57 of the Adventures in Angular show. This week on our panel, we have Joe Eames. Hey, everybody. Katya Eames. Hi. John Papa. Hey, hey. I'm Charles Max Wood from Angular Remote Conf. I switched it up there. Did you see what I did there? Anyway, <laughs> we have a special guest this week, and that's Will Buck. Hey, everybody. Do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Like Chuck said, my name's Will Buck. I'm a full-stack developer out in Minnesota, the land of 10,000 lakes and lots of snow, although not last year. And I've been doing Angular for about two years, which is around the same amount of time I've been helping Core organize the Angular MN meetup. Awesome. So uh, you have a meetup group. How big is the meetup group up there? Well, I guess it depends on how you define size. We have a space out of uh, my former employer's office, Virtuel, that holds about 40 or 50 people. But we have like 600 registered members on our meetup group, many of which I'm sure I've never met. So that's something I always find really interesting. You have 600 members register for a meetup group. How many show up to a meeting? Four. We, we actually uh, we fill our capacity every month. And what's what's that? It's like about 40, 45. Okay, cool. But the room can hold. It, so you, now, does that 40, like the, the faithful 40, or is that like uh, rotating out of the 600? There's probably a faithful 15 that show up pretty regularly. Familiar faces I've gotten to know. But there's still several people that kind of I see a fresh face every time. So AngularJS Utah has 1,200 members. We run two different meetups in two ge- geographically separate locations, and we see about the same thing. We get about yeah. 40 and 15 are regular at each meeting. I think the other meeting that I don't go to has about 50, probably because I'm not there. Which other meeting? <laughs> the, the one at Adobe? Pro- yeah, the one at Adobe. That one, I've been a couple of times where there were like 70 or 80 people 
And they were like turning people away too. It was like, look, we can't have any more people in there. Fire code problems. Yeah. <laughs> Either that or you stink. <laughs> but yeah, it depends on what's going on and how interested people are. Yeah, it depends on the topic a little bit. Our JavaScript meetup here in Minnesota has probably 70 or 80 people regularly attend. And if it's a really hot topic, they'll fill out their 100 or so people they can hold. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the JavaScript group down here in Orem, it's kind of funny because I've seen it fluctuate due to what we're talking about. And I've also seen it fluctuate due to, oh, they're actually having something other than pizza. So (laughs) (laughs) go figure, right? Hey, come for the food, stay for the fun, right? Heck yeah. So were you part of starting that group? I was, yeah. A coworker of mine had suggested it to our management um, as a recruiting tool because we'd had some struggles getting quality candidates in through the recruiting pipeline. So it's all a sham. Yeah, right? (laughs) Uh (laughs) No, there's only self-serving interests in it, of course. No, we we were doing a lot of Angular work. Uh, This is like fall 2013. And we're struggling through a lot of the same things a lot of people were around that time. And we're hearing a lot about Angular at the JavaScript meetup, but not on a regular basis. And it wasn't like you could just walk up to anyone there and be like, you know, hey, I'm having this problem with Angular. Do you have you had any experience with this? Uh, You know, they were using a variety of tools. It's a generalist JavaScript meetup. So we decided that it would be a good thing to get all the people who were excited about Angular together on a regular basis and talk shop about, you know, what things are having trouble or techniques we'd found to make things go well. So leadership signed off on it, said, yeah, okay, we can sponsor the food, the uh, space and we'll, we'll look up how to get some food for it. And we were just really blown away by the level of interest. I kind of scoped it out by going to the JavaScript meetup a couple times and mentioning like, hey, we're thinking about starting this. If you're interested, talk to me. And sent out a survey to be like, okay, well, how often do you want to meet? What do you want to talk about? That sort of stuff. And it was just, it was insane. We had 100 people sign up in probably the first month or two. And yeah, we were totally full on RSVPs for the first meetup. That's really cool. I've had a similar experience with uh, pulling together groups. Since I'm freelance, I usually don't have the automatic corporate sponsor. In other words, I can't just go to my boss and say, you know, I think we could actually recruit better or, you know, we don't want to have the meetings at my house. So, <laughs> You uh, sure? Garage has space. Yeah. But I find that if I articulate it to, you know, the way that you did with uh, various companies, then they are willing to do it. You know, if I talk to them about some of the recruiting advantages and some of the, some of the other things that they can get out of it, you know, as far as visibility in the community and stuff. Yeah. It uh, just fosters a lot of goodwill. You yeah. know, people have a positive impression from you already because, Hey, you buy the food and the beer for our, you know, little get together every month. That's really cool. I appreciate that. Yeah. Another kind of meetup that I've done a few times is just pull together kind of a dinner. And so Mm -hmm. it's, hey, you know, we're all going to get together at the barbecue place or at the Italian place or the burger place, and we're just going to sit and eat and chat. And so it's more of an informal uh, networking kind of thing instead of an actual, you know, we're going to have a presentation or we're going to do code katas or something like that. And those are a lot of fun, too. We do them for lunch sometimes, and I've done them dinners, like I said, and, and those are also really cool. And then another one that I'm organizing right now is actually just a co-working get together, you know, with people who work remotely. Mm-hmm. And we get 
we have like a construction project manager that shows up every week. There are a handful of coders. I got a message from a technical writer that's going to be there tomorrow. And so we get all kinds of people from that too. And so it doesn't have to be just this, you know, the, the kind of formal meetup group that you kind of think of. It can be, it can be something else, you know, that just has a different format that gets people excited or gets people out. Yeah, totally. And, you know, it can be a, a way to start out something bigger like that to just kind of start to gauge interest and, and get people hanging out sometimes. You know, it doesn't have to be this big formal thing. Now, were there other meetup groups in uh, the area that you're in that were already doing stuff? So people kind yeah. of knew what they were dealing with when they came to it? Yeah. So I had pulled the organizers of the JavaScript meetup here locally, uh, a meetup for Groovy because that's kind of big in our city and people still do groovy. I'm just oh kidding. yeah, dude. Groovy is so groovy, man. <laughs> I it's, knew you were going to go there. Is yeah, that a language from the seventies? Because that would be awesome if it was. I wish it was. I don't think yeah. it is. Though. Yeah. You have to tie dye your code. <laughs> <laughs> Get big starbursts on it. And, uh, the international game developers association meetup, I, I was friends and had attended those meetups regularly. So I kind of knew the organizers and pulled them to be like, okay, how do, you know, what should I do to get started? How do you keep, you know, sponsors coming back? How do you get space? How do you have prizes to give out and that sort of thing? There was a, a good bit of resources locally that I could tap to help get it going. Very nice. Now, does your company still host the meetups? They do, yeah. Well, I'm I'm no longer with Virtuel, but uh, they do still host the meetups regularly. We had offers from other consulting firms and companies to host the meetup in a different part of town uh, with more space, which we considered seriously for a while because we were kind of full on our RSVPs all the time, and it sucked to tell people like, "Hey, I know you're really excited about coming here, but we're like going to be." you know, smelling each other's stank for the whole night if everybody comes. So, you know, we, we had to think about that pretty seriously. But it's come to the point now where we pretty regularly fill almost but not quite to capacity. No one's expressing concern that they can't make it or it's very few people and they generally get in the next month when we kind of make it clear that demand is high and that you need to, you know, make plans. And we also try to cull the people who RSVP but then don't show up. We have a prize picker that one of our members, Dale Lotz, wrote, and uh, I'll link to it in the show notes. But it's really handy, and we've been looking to add features to it where we can, we've been doing this sort of informally, but kind of add people who get picked as a winner and aren't in attendance to a shame list, where it's like, <laughs> dude, you RSVP'd, and... We picked you for a prize and you're not here to win that prize. Like we don't take attendance because that seems really onerous and kind of silly. But it, it is a way for us to kind of point out people in a in a way that encourages them to keep their RSVP right. And, you know, people then feel bad. They're like, oh, darn, I could have come and I would have won something cool and I wasn't there. And now I feel shame. So you actually give out prizes at your meetup? Yeah, we do. That that was something that the Groovy Meetup also did that I thought was cool. And we've actually had a, a good amount of interest for that. So I found out from the Groovy Meetup organizers that JetBrains will give away licenses to their IDEs for um, meetup groups. They'll give away one or two or three oh, depending on the cool. size. Yeah, it's really nice. It's a pretty slick program. 
I'm, I'm curious what, what other things you can give away too. Cause I think that would be really fun. Yeah. It's another one of those, you know, like the pizza and the beer or drinks, mm-hmm. a, a way to get people to feel uh, motivated to come besides just the social interaction and things. So yeah, the JetBrains licenses, we know the guy who runs frontendmasters.com, who I know is a sponsor of your sh- uh, shows, Chuck. Yeah, Mark. Um, he's awesome. He is awesome. He's a great guy. Uh, he had consulted for us. So we had connections with him. And, you know, to help promote his product, he offered us one-year subscriptions to give away at every meetup. And now I think he does that for more meetup groups. And, uh, you know, he has a great site there. So that's something really valuable that we've had people pick first among all the prizes uh, that we give away. We don't, well, we give away like two or three. Plural site will send you you know, a box of one month subscription cards that you can give away. We tried at one point to get O'Reilly or Manning to send books to give away. I haven't followed up on that in a while, so I really probably should. But um, I had heard from other meetup groups like the Java user group that they they have a program for stuff like that. So yeah, we've it's, done that uh, Yeah. And, uh, Pluralsight will also, if you go through like in a process, I think they'll also give you like one year subscriptions to give away. Oh, well, maybe we should contact them because <laughs> we just have the one-month cards right now. Yeah. But, yeah, I was surprised to see kind of how many companies have a formal program for that and how many were receptive to it if we asked. So, like, we we went out and asked Egghead if they had any kind of program like that after we were pretty surprised by all the places that had programs like that. And at the time, I think they were able to offer us a discount code for our members, which was still cool, I thought. We haven't followed up yeah. with them in a while either, so we probably should do a little prize audit. Very nice. So when you're setting up one of these kind of meetups, I mean, when you went through this process and you're getting, getting everybody to go do this kind of thing, I know a lot of people are interested in creating these meetups if they don't have one locally. Kind of what would you advise them to do? Well, definitely gauging interest among your own personal network, whatever that means, would probably be the first step I would take. You know, make sure this is something that people would want to go to, that, you know, you'd have some people you know with some experience that could potentially provide content for it. So for those who are unfamiliar, haven't been to a meetup group before, a lot of times the typical format is to, you know, meet up, talk for a little bit, and then have a presenter kind of like at a a conference or something, give a, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 minute talk on some topic, something they've learned. But you can also do a lot of other cool things. You can do like fish bowls or panel discussions where you kind of just invite people up from the crowd to what do you answer mean by questions. Well, I've heard fishbowl described different ways. So um, this is what it means to me is what I've seen before is to have a fishbowl of like pieces of paper with questions that the members have. And then you invite whoever wants to come up to field the questions. And if someone in the audience feels like they have a compelling answer to that question, they would kindly ask one of the folks sitting on the panel to step down for a moment while they had a chance to answer the question. I've seen it described online as something more like a town hall or have it be describing like the shape of the room itself or like sitting in a circle. Mm-hmm. So that might be what that means to some people, but that's not the event that I've attended before. And I really liked the format that I had attended where it was just kind of like, if you feel like you have something cool to say, you can just come up for a minute and, you know, it's much lower commitment for a speaker to, you don't have to have anything prepared. You just kind of come up and talk about things to the group. And then when 
you feel like you don't have much else to say anymore, you can give up your seat for someone else. And then you can also do like uh, Chuck said, like katas or hack nights where you pick an open source project and say, let's all work on this tonight. Or just kind of social hours. I know the DevOps group here in town has mostly social hours where they meet at a restaurant or a bar or something and, and just hang out. I feel like I've diverged from the original question, how people could get started. So yeah, getting some idea of what kind of content you want to have, what people are interested in about it, finding some kind of sponsorship for a space or food, or like we put our uh, site up on meetup.com which has a ton of tools for scheduling things and giving people invites. And yeah, that seems to be the thing lately. All these user groups out there seem to all, instead of having their own site now, they all seem to be using like meetup.com. Is that what you guys do for everything? We do, yeah. We had considered building our own site, but Meetup has pretty much everything you need. And it costs like 60 bucks for six months. So yeah. like 120 bucks a year, it's it's pretty minimal right. investment from a sponsor's perspective. And, and do you make people pay to go be to be a member, or do you do free? No, we do it free since we have sponsorship to That's pay cool. the all the dues we need. Right, like someone's donating the space, someone's donating the Meetup.com dues, and um, someone's donating the food in exchange for just kind of you know goodwill in the community and and uh, visibility. I want to jump in on this too because. I use Meetup as well, and it's a really convenient way to let everybody know what's going on. And I also find that people are often looking on Meetup, so it's a good way for discoverability as well. So yeah, that's one of the things they tout, it seems like. Yeah. So so if somebody's in your area, you know, it lists all the local Meetups, and, you know, you can narrow it down by topics of interest and things like that, and that's super nice. Another tool that I've also seen used with a lot of the local meetups that I attend is that they have a Google group and that way you have kind of a discussion board. Meetup has one too, but I don't like their forum as well as I like Google groups. And so, you know, the word usually goes out on both the mailing list and on meetup.com. Yeah, that seems to be a successful way to do it. I, I echo your um, kind of middling opinion of the way the message board and mailing list on meetup works. It's fine, but it's not anything special. Yep. But it does have the RSVP feature, which is real nice. So am I the only one who the first time they ever heard of meetup.com, which is probably two years ago, I thought it was just another one of those dating sites. And I'm like, why am I getting all these spam mails? <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. I'm like, I was so used to going to user groups that had like their own website. When meetup kind of became big a couple of years ago, I remember seeing these emails. I'm like, why do I, why am I getting this? What did I, I must have clicked somewhere in some site that all this bad stuff was coming and then. I think it was Esteban Garcia, the local Orlando group's like, why don't you ever like respond to our emails? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, okay, good. Because it looked like spam. Well, it did. I mean, the name, it's like, really? Yep. Yeah, yep. no, I share that sentiment as someone who has signed up for a lot of meetup groups that all the emailing is like opt out. So by default, if you sign up to be in a meetup group, just kind of oh, I might check this out. It sounds kind of cool. Board game meetup or, um, you know, a, a yoga story meetup. That's That was interesting. I thought, you know, I might be interested in that. My wife might be interested in that. But then you get all the emails about every event and every little thing that they're doing. And it's just kind of like, well, I didn't really want this much email. So you have to go into their site and like uncheck all the boxes for email preferences. Yeah. Plus one to that. So one of the things I always found interesting is all these groups, you know, you have to find people to speak. And 
some months it's you get seven people wanting to speak and other months you can't find anybody, right? But when you look for topics, I mean, which ones do you find topics or speakers or just kind of nights in general, which are the ones you find that are most attended and the most fun? I personally have had most fun at the hack nights. Like when we kind of organize beforehand a little bit and say, okay, we want to pick this open source project and let's just all like pair program on some, some of the issues it has or something like that. That, that always seems to me like a really cool thing. I don't know if it's like, feels like work after work to some people, but I don't know. Like I, I found that a fun social experience as far as presentation topics go. You know, the best attended ones are generally the ones with the broadest appeal. Like we had a gentleman talk two or three months ago on just kind of angular best practices. And that one was super well attended and we were uh, out of RSVPs very quickly. Whereas, you know, other more specific topics, like we had one on um, Chrome Cordova apps, there's, you know, kind of mixed interest in. um, We had uh, the guys who do the Ionic project out. I had known Max Lynch in college a little bit. So we had a little connection there and they're only in Madison, which is, you know, four or five hours away. So they drove up and gave a talk and that one was really well attended because it's kind of, you know, a well-known thing, up and coming framework. So it, but it is tough to find presenters. We've had some presenters that didn't bring a laptop and were like, so where's my laptop to do the presentation? Oh, no. I was like, uh, really? <laughs> wow. And, uh, yes. the gentleman who, uh, forgot his laptop wasn't used to working on a Mac and we all had Macs. So he was like, you know, a little, flustered going through the presentation now, i know like, when joe what are these hotkeys and stuff joe always expects that you have a full-on steak dinner when he goes to one of these forums prepared <laughs> yeah. but i, I don't you know, know if bring, yeah but he always brings his laptop right joe i do <laughs> i do in fact i keep my steak knife with my laptop <laughs> nice <laughs> right in the back yeah i'm sorry that that's really funny i never i can't imagine going to a talk and not bringing my laptop with me i was I, very caught off guard by it I've been to a few Angular meetups where they were super well attended because it was like getting started or some kind of beginner topic. Those usually yeah, that's get a pretty good That's the thing I really too. feel like is missing. As the organizers, you're usually an expert in the topic. And so then you're like organizing these talks about – or the people that are willing to talk are usually more deep into it. So all the suggested volunteer topics are always advanced and the people want the basic stuff. Yeah, that's been a challenge for us. We, we've had a struggle to kind of, yeah, get, get interest in getting people to talk on beginner topics. And, you know, part of the problem is since our space is somewhat limited, we um, can't have like a big, huge group of all the people just getting started. So that's something where we, we've talked on the organization team about like hosting a one-off event or something for, uh, you know, a, a beginner, an intro presentation or, um, I know we're we're still trying to figure out how we can do um, something like Judy talked about at ng-conf about like doing like an ng-bridge where you kind of invite people from any kind of background, even a non-coding background to be like, hey, you want to learn how to do something kind of cool with websites? Like, come show up. We'll help you out over, you know, a, a Saturday or something to to see what this stuff is all about. That's something that I, I haven't had as much time for lately and i but i i do want to get going in our community because i think it would be really cool 
You know, one that I've really enjoyed doing in this is one that another group uh, did, not the one that I'm local to here, but when I was visiting is they had three people go up uh, over the course of an hour. They said it ended up being an hour and a half, which is cool. And each person did like a 20 to 30 minute presentation. And then they just rotated and did three different ones. But I found that really interesting. And it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, um, I forgot what they call it, like open mic night where they come in and people just kind of randomly go up. It was they actually booked three people to come up and do short presentations. Uh, and I found that kind of cool because you got a very, mm. if you didn't like the first one, you could stick around for the second. And, you know, there was at least something there that'd be interesting for you. Right. Yeah. They've done the same kind of thing at the uh, local JavaScript group here in Orem. One other thing, though, that we've done in uh, the Ruby users group that I attend in Salt Lake County, they, they do things a little differently. They actually have a 10-minute segment, and they – so when they're organizing – and organizing the meetings is at the end of the last meeting, we go, okay, well, next time – it looks like we have so-and-so speaking and so-and-so speaking, and we need a primer topic. And the primer topic is a basic or beginner topic, and you have to give it a 10-minute treatment, and you have to do it in a way that people who are new to Ruby can pick it up. And so by oh, having that, that every really week, cool. then a lot of people, they, you know, they come and they feel like, okay, there's going to be at least something there that I can pick up and understand. And and then we have the regular talks or katas or whatever. So at the Angular meetup that I organize we always try to reserve the last half hour, 40 minutes for lightning talks. We don't usually fill it up, but it's basically just open night. People get up and present about whatever they're feeling interested in presenting or the work project or whatever. No big deal. So that always works out well. I feel like that's really nice. A lot of different topics, a lot of short things. So there's usually something of interest to somebody. The other thing that I'd always, I've always wanted to try that I think would be a big hit would be karaoke. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> I don't know, us, us mild-mannered uh, Midwesterners probably wouldn't go for that as much. <laughs> okay. It's all I have much to say social is anxiety. there's a fantastic video of Joe singing while crawling on a table. <laughs> what? <laughs> Lip syncing, not singing. Lip syncing, yes. yes. To, to Carly Rae Jemsen. Okay. So, um, oh, no. <laughs> oh, gosh. This is a real thing. Permanently now, John. Speaking of changes of topic. <laughs> show notes. This has to be in the show notes. <laughs> to, to be fair, I was also in that video. Yeah. Not oh, making up nearly as big a fool of yourself. Are you selling tickets? I mean, seriously. <laughs> this is not the kind of thing people would pay to see. They would pay Worst episode of Angular see. Adventures ever. <laughs> so speaking of karaoke, I'm going to a birthday party for P Peter Bacon Darwin, and it's karaoke. Curry and karaoke. That sounds That's fun awesome. to me. Yeah. yeah, how awesome is that? I hope it's Angular-themed. Angular curry. Angular curry. How would you have Angular mm. curry? I don't know. We've got to figure that out. He's the tech lead for Angular 1, so you have to like be Angular curry. <laughs> cut vegetables into L-shapes or something. I'm waiting for somebody to name their first child Angular. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to name mine Mishko. <laughs> I like that better. There you go. <laughs> oh, my. I've just got Joe, pictures of Joe in my head now. Yeah. <laughs> I want to jump back for a second to uh, getting started. I do have friends in more rural areas where there aren't companies that are really interested in hosting a meetup because, you know, you probably only have 10 people within driving distance or reasonable driving distance that can show up every time. And uh, my friend Curtis McHale and uh, my other friend Miles Forrest, they live up in kind of a rural part of Canada, and they have more of a generic code meetup because, you know, they have people that do all kinds of things. 
Uh, Miles does Ruby. Curtis does WordPress. A bunch of the other folks up there do a variety of things. And so they just get together at a cafe and they've made arrangements with the cafe owner to where they actually stay open an extra hour on whatever night they meet. And, uh, you know, and so they're buying coffee and soda and, you know, bagels and whatever else they're buying. You know, they usually buy dinner while they're there. And so it's, it's worth it to the cafe owner because he has clientele there until, you know, until he closes up. And they're there and they hack and talk and stuff like that. So I, I hear often from people who are like, the podcasts are my only coding social event that I can really get. And I'll bet that there are other people in your area. And if you want to just get together and work at a coffee shop for a few hours and, you know, talk about coding and talk about whatever else you're doing, you can still get kind of a meetup experience from that. Now, you're not going to have like a speaker showing you how to do whatever with Node.js or Angular. But you can at least then, you know, get somebody else's input on how to think about coding problems. That's really creative. And, you know, I've seen people doing, um, you know, kind of remote hangouts once in a while, too, on, mm-hmm. you know, Skype or Google Hangouts or something. And, yeah, if, or if you're remote the only conferences, person in it, plug, plug. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. So, you know, you could get together on a video call like that with people, even if you don't have anybody in a 20 mile radius and, you know, have a have one night a month where you you guys watch a Pluralsight or Egghead or Front End Masters course mm-hmm. or, yeah, all work on ES6 katas together or something like that. That would be a cool thing to do, I think. Yeah. There's also Nomad JS. Yeah. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Yeah. Just like stuff like that. Exactly. But I think you're right. Charles, the beginner stories or Joe, I think it was those beginner stories at the meetups uh, tend to grab bigger crowds. And I think we tend to forget how many people are still brand new to forget Angular, but just client side JavaScript still. Uh, There's a lot of people who are building applications out there in technologies that they're starting to look over at, you know, should I be using Angular, jQuery, uh, Knockout, Ember, React? What is it? So I think this whole Space is really raw with a lot of new people coming into it. I know it is. Uh, I see them all the time at these user groups. And uh, while you get those few uh, advanced people that do go there, and it's always a nice seeing advanced topic, I think the beginner getting started stuff is really important, especially tips and tricks. Definitely. Yeah, we had that kind of experience at one of the hackathons we went to where people were collaborating. It was kind of like, well, what is this gulp thing? And what I've heard about grunt before. And you know, um, just lots of things where you, sometimes you can take for granted kind of what you've been working on and yeah, where other people are starting out and bridging that gap makes the group a lot more inclusive and diverse, I think. Even stepping back on stuff like, like talking about Grunt and Gulp, I mean, just going back to saying, hey, how do I get NPM Bower and Node working on my machine? Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, it seems once you've got it there, you don't even think about it anymore. It's like, you know, once you have your Mac installed, you're ready, but, or your Windows computer. But getting those things up and running and making sure that, you know, they're set up right. And if you're on a Mac, not using sudo, just kind of using getting it so you don't have to worry about sudo. <laughs> and if you're on Windows, getting rid of the long path issues and learning about NPM dedupe and what's NPM3 and how does it solve that. And all that kind of stuff is, um, I think that's grounding that we all forget about who are doing it. And I think those are really important topics to, to put at user groups. Totally agree. I I actually just helped somebody out yesterday with their npm pseudoing problem and something like that. Yeah, would be a a great lightning talk for a meetup that's is you know exactly like you say, kind of information we take for granted sometimes. 
or even like bring your laptops and let's just walk through this together. And, you know, no one's leaving tonight till their <laughs> till their NPMs are up and running. <laughs> yep. I well, like that. There, there are groups out there that do that for other technologies. So there's no reason why, you know, you couldn't just steal their format and then do a workshop like it. It reminds me of some conversations I've been in in .NET in the past where I remember this one chat I was having this with um, three or four people. And this one guy, and it wasn't me involved, I was kind of a fly on the wall. This one guy was trying to tell the other, here's how you solve this problem in ASP.NET, and it's with an action filter. And he kept on going on about the action filter, and the other guy had never heard of an action filter and had no idea what he was talking about. And it was just like two people speaking different languages at each other. And at another point, a third person came in and goes, I think you need to stop for a minute and explain what this thing even is. But it, it, we do that a lot. I can't count how many times I sat there in a conversation with somebody and it, it realized partway through that the person wasn't on the same page with me. So that's when you have to back up and go, okay, let's get on the same page first. And I think that's what there's an opportunity in a lot of these meetups to say, okay, controller as, you know, does everybody know what this is? Does everybody know what scope is? Let's talk about these so you can pick which way you want to go. Yeah. And do it in such a way that it doesn't feel like condescending. Yeah. Condescending. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. the word. What do you mean you don't know what that is? You know? <laughs> no, it's just like I don't know. Do I don't know about using uh, all of you, but I've had I've struggled with that in the past where I feel like no matter how I talk about it, I come off as condescending and I hope that I don't, but it's like the way to broach those kinds of topics is like, well, has anyone heard about this thing or has everyone heard about this thing? If you haven't, don't big deal, don't worry about it. This is kind of what it's about. That's that's the best technique I've found, but still I find myself feeling like I'm hopefully not making anyone feel bad. We had a conversation about this on Ruby Rogues. If you want to go listen to the episode we did with Derek Pryor, he mentioned that, you know, don't say, why didn't you? And then he he mentioned a few other ways of phrasing things so that it comes across more as, you know, taking an opportunity to learn or let's have a discussion or something where it's not, you know, it kind of, it's not I know more than you or you yeah. know more than me. It's that we both have interesting knowledge that we can share with each right. other. I'm trying I'll to, have to check that out. It went, but yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I heard somebody tell me once, and I don't remember who it was, but it made me feel better by myself about feeling like an imposter or feeling too arrogant. And there's a fine line between arrogance and, and confidence. And I'm always trying to make sure that I'm, I'm not crossing that personally. But this person told me that, if you're constantly thinking about that, then you're not crossing the line. You know, if you're self-aware that there, that there is a line, then you're okay. It's the people who don't know there's a line, you know, and or forget. Yeah. Or forget. No, that's, you know? that's a good point. So if you're thinking about this, Will, I wouldn't worry about it so much. But you know, the other side is the imposter syndrome. And Scott Hansman talks about this quite a bit. And he has a whole blog post on it, how you know, everybody feels that you know, in this case, he was talking how he feels he's a, an expert at this, this, and that, and there's nothing he can do wrong. And there's days he wakes up and he's like, oh my gosh, somebody's going to find out I'm a fraud. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we don't know everything. Every day. I mean, none of us know everything. So no. it's, some of us think we do, but. <laughs> well, that's another thing that just meetups in general are really good for. I found my, my grandfather has been a uh, software engineer for 40, 50 years. And he's had a group of folks that he meets up with once a week. And it, when I talked about going to meetups with him, he said, oh, it's like your support group. I was like, yeah, I guess it kind of is. It's it's my confirmation that like, yeah, other people don't know exactly what's going on here either. And, you know, I can get together and talk with them about the various things 
that I've been struggling with and realized that everybody struggles with this stuff. And it it's, I don't know, from a personal perspective, it's just nice to get that kind of reaffirmation that like we're all in this kind of mess that is software development today together things are moving way too fast for any of us to catch up and even though it might seem like when you're looking at everyone's experience you're way behind you have to remember that that's a bunch of individuals with some different experience than you not one collective person that is everyone with all the experience you don't have yeah i always just think that that person is bored so (laughs) (laughs) that's he's not here i'm just going to make fun of him (laughs) yeah totally I think it's great, though, that you guys, uh, that you're running a meetup group in general. And, you know, these things change through the years, but uh, as far as who comes, the topics, and, you know, even switching from, you know, .NET to Angular to Ruby to whatever the, you know, the technology may be. But I think what's great is that in our industry, I don't know of any others like this, we have so many people who want to share with others. I mean, I don't know if accountants do this. I mean, do accountants have meetups where they go together and then they have code camps and do they have, you know, credit and debit camps? And uh, <laughs> My best friend is a CPA. I can guarantee you he doesn't talk about going to meetups. Uh, he talks about the tests and certifications he has to. Yep. And then we blow off those tests and certifications because we're like, that doesn't mean anything, right? So Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think it's great because we have such a great community we live in. It's it's a awesome environment where everybody wants to talk to each other and they want to learn from each other and we all share and uh, you know we can't take that for granted. I think what you guys are doing is is a great service to the community. Yeah, I I highly encourage anyone in an area that has few or no meetup groups to start one because you meet so many great people. I mean, for me personally, it's rewarding to see all these people having fun learning and um, getting to know each other. But, you know, it's a great way to practice your leadership skills and grow your own personal network, too. I've just I can't tell you the number of people who come up to me and know my name around here now. Then it totally catches me off guard because I'm like, how do you know who I am? And it's like, well, you, you, you know, organize that Angular meetup. And I see you get in front of everybody for two minutes every time and kick off the meeting. It's a great way too to kind of get yourself out there just saying, it, you know, I started a user group way back in the day uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina, and it was fun. It was a lot of work, man. It is Finding way more work than you think it is. <laughs> oh, especially if you do that and you do a code camp like a lot of these guys do these days. Wow. I don't do that myself. Some, some friends here run the local Orlando group and the amount of effort and time they put into this and they get nothing out of it other than, you know, the pleasure of doing it. Uh, it's, it's amazing. And it's a, you know, don't say thank you enough to people who are who are putting their time into do these code camps and the meetups because uh, without that, there's so many people who wouldn't get this opportunity to collaborate. We take advantage of things like podcasts and Twitter and all these other social medias, but there's a lot of people who don't do that. And these meetups are one of their only opportunities. So um, you definitely, in a lot of ways, I really think uh, you're you're helping people's lives. That's one other tip I want to give before we wrap up is um, if you're starting one of these groups land grab your social media like early on we went and grabbed twitter facebook github and pushed those really hard and they've been a great rallying tool for the community to you know stay in touch and that sort of thing Uh, slack channels we just set up gitter if you have if you're into that you know all those kinds of things ways to keep people connected are really good yeah our local javascript meetup just kind of pulled together a slack and it's been a nice way to connect as well we've been having a blast in ours yeah 
way too much Giphy usage. <laughs> I think every time somebody gets on Slack, all of a sudden the Slack bots and the Giphys are going on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, should we go ahead and uh, jump over to picks? Sounds good. Joe, do you want to start us off with picks? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen that coming. I totally should have seen that coming. Yeah. Uh, I will start us off with picks because I love picks. All right. I'm going to pick the video game Galactic Civilizations 3, which is uh, like, what do they, they call them? 4X game. It's a turn based game. Came out a little while ago, and it's finally a fairly pretty stable, pretty good game. I like that one, so I'm going to pick that one. And Nerd. <laughs> hey, we like hey, nerds that's your, here. That's your dad. I was going to say, take, <laughs> takes one to know one. Yeah, really. Yeah, you should see her. He brought you into this world. Room. He can take you out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think she actually makes me look pretty normal. <laughs> How many people do you know can name all 13 dwarves from The Hobbit? Uh, my daughter. Really? Hey, me. Wow. Yep. My my 13 and 16-year-old daughters are complete Lord of the Rings nuts, which makes me so huh. proud. I love it. I'm not it. the only one. <laughs> <laughs> if I thought about it, I might be able to name half. Oh, yeah. That, that would be seven dwarves. All right. Hold on. Uh, we got to put you on the spot now. Katya, go. Okay. Thorin, Feely, Keely, Biffer, Bofer, Bomber, Dwalin, Balin, Ori, Dory, Nori, Oin, Gloin. Or 12. The next one. <laughs> No, that was 13. Did you get 13? Okay. I don't I know. Like good I wasn't counting. names his brothers. Twice. <laughs> Mixes them up. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> all right. Bobby, Tonner, and Joe. <laughs> so I have a tear in my eye, Joe. I'm so proud. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> and then for my final pick, uh, last night I got together with some buddies and we played a game of uh, Legendary Encounters, which is the kind of similar mechanics to the legendary game which is the marvel deck building game but it is set in the aliens universe so oh, lots of fun cool. yeah it's super cool you actually get face huggers and if you don't kill them quick then they put a chest burster in you and then when you draw the chest burster card you're dead <laughs> wow i absolutely love it aliens is like my favorite movie i can quote hudson all day long <laughs> Look, why don't we Build a campfire, sing some songs. Let me try that. You're dead, <laughs> dead man. <laughs> exactly. Maybe we. What are we supposed to use? Harsh language. All right, <laughs> that's it for me. Those are my picks. All right, Katio, what are your picks? Uh, my picks are Good Mythical Morning, uh, which is a YouTube podcast by Rhett and Link. They do a bunch of dumb, stupid dares in a lot of their videos. Quite frequently, they eat very hot peppers and. Almost always one of them ends up puking, and it's really funny to go. It's actually quite funny to watch them do dumb things to themselves. All of their stuff is really kind of dumb in a funny way. They write a bunch of songs about different things that, based on five or six words that they get from fans in YouTube videos. So I guess that's my pick is Rhett and Link. Nerd. Awesome. Yeah. That was for you, Joe. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I really liked the episode they did on. Um, Stupid things that were listed on eBay. Oh yeah, I enjoyed. Oh that. no, <laughs> it's like people's I can toenails. Only and imagine. Stuff. Oh my. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Katya can name all thirteen toenails. <laughs> all right, John. What are your picks? Oh, you always do me after one of those weird ones. 
<laughs> so I'll do a, a pick of something I got in the mail recently after I think two years ago on a Kickstarter, I put some money into onlycoin.com. It's uh, the coin credit card. And I got it in the mail yesterday or the day before. And it's awesome. It's a single credit card with a little computer chip in it. And you can synchronize it with an iPhone or Android to your other credit cards. So the advantage of this is like a guy like me, I've got like eight credit cards, like Target and Amazon and Visa. I don't have to carry them on my wallet now. I can just carry one credit card that actually can rotate between, I think, eight of them. Um, and I've been trying it out at all the merchants. And it's worked out of, I think, nine out of the ten I've worked tried so far. So that's pretty cool. It's called uh, Only Coin. And then a um, little selfish pick, I've got a new course I just finished for Pluralsight uh, called Visual Studio Code, which hopefully will be out by the end of August. And had a lot of fun putting this course together. There's a lot of cool things that that uh, editor can do, and I hope people enjoy it. Now, if we'd only done an episode on that. If only. Yeah, we'll put a link to that in the show notes, too. But that's really cool. I've been wanting to dig into it, and it sounds like your course is a good way to do it. All right, I've got a couple of picks. I've been pulling together Angular Remote Conf, and uh, so go check that out. I have put a coupon code in for listeners of this show, Adventure. <laughs> if you put in the coupon code Adventure, then you will get 25% off. So uh, go check that out. We also have the call for uh, speakers open through the 31st of August, so feel free to go do that. And this show comes out the last, no, it comes out the day after the early bird pricing ends. So, uh, never mind about that, but yeah, you go just get, missed it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, go get the tickets. We're also offering tickets for users groups. So if the users groups want to get together, they can go get a group ticket. I won't say no if corporations sign up with group tickets too. So anyway, I didn't mean to talk about that for so long, but there you go. In promoting that though, I really want to pick another type of get together that I do. And that's a mastermind group. If you're in business or you're trying to advance your career, Having a mastermind group, just a group of people that uh, will give you honest feedback that can tell you where you're going right and where you're going wrong and help you figure stuff out is really awesome. So I highly recommend, and if you're in business, it's invaluable. So if I highly recommend that you get together with maybe three, four, five, six people and find an opportunity to kind of get feedback on business, career, life, health. You know, one of my groups does real well on spirituality as well. So. Anyway, if you if you want a group of people to talk to about all that stuff, then set one up. Will, what are your picks? I had trouble narrowing it down to just three because I like so many things. Oh, but, pick them um, <laughs> No, I, I did narrow it down to three. So my first pick is going to be the Midwest JS Conference videos. They are being posted right now. The conference just wrapped up last week. This is partially self-serving because I was a speaker. But it was a really great time, a lot of good talks. I know Kenzie Dodds from Utah was out here, and it was really nice meeting him, having a good time there. But just all kinds of JavaScript topics, so check that out. And I'm pretty sure they'll be doing it next year. So if you want to take a trip out here to our beautiful city, I'd highly recommend that. My second pick is going to be Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. I'm not a big politics person or even like news person. But if I'm going to get up to date on what's going on in the world, I'd like to do it from John Oliver because he's hilarious. The show is extremely entertaining and they post the, even though it's a HBO show, they post the main feature of it every week to YouTube for free. And it's just really funny, 
interesting topics about kind of oddities and cruddy things that are going on to expose them. So I really enjoy that show. My last pick will be a video game uh, that I've been playing recently with my brother and brother-in-law. I've played the video game League of Legends for a long time, and uh, I've started to just not have enough time to play it as much. So there's a Blizzard's version of the kind of online battle arena heroes of the storm recently came out of beta and it is super fun the games are much shorter than league of legends games so and all the characters are kind of from classic blizzard games like warcraft and starcraft and diablo so i i was never like really really into those games but it's still kind of nice to have a passing familiarity with what all the different characters are going to do based on having played those games before so if you if you're into video games you probably already know about that but check it out Awesome. If people want to follow up on what's going on with you or with Angular, Minnesota, or MN, or I don't know whatever, what we call it, what are the best ways to do that? Twitter is where I'm most active, and uh, I help manage the Twitter account for Angular MN. So you can follow me at WBuckSoft, like software, all lowercase, no spaces, and AngularMN at AngularMN. Um, you can also check out the meetup site where meetup.com slash AngularMN. We meet the first Wednesday of every month in downtown St. Paul. And we have really quality pizza provided to us by our generous sponsor, SDG. So we really like that. Awesome. All right. Well, I guess we'll wrap up the show. Thank you for coming. It was fun to chat. Hosting and bandwidth provided by the Blue Box Group. Check them out at bluebox.net. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more. Do you want to have conversations with the Adventures in Angular crew and their guests? Do you want to support the show? Now you can. Go to adventuresinangular.com slash forum and sign up today. 